I have a title and my title is Taking Hold. Taking Hold. And I've got a reading from Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through to 14. It says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I love these verses. They're so packed with zeal and enthusiasm and desire for, for God and, and the things of God. In the verses leading up to this passage, Paul was basically given his credentials to them as a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a, a Hebrew, part of the, the Pharisee sect who demanded the stricter, strictest obedience to the Jewish law. But he said that he considered all these things rubbish, that he may gain Christ, that he may take hold of Christ and possess the things that God has for his life. And you can feel the heart of Paul, especially I think as he arrives at verse 12, which to me feels like the pinnacle or the, the crescendo of the letter. And it's also obviously the text this morning. That I, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And you know, I, my prayer really is that these words will stir you this morning and, and just create a desire in your heart just for Jesus and his kingdom and, and going forward. And that the lodge in, in my heart as well in, in the coming week as we go around our, our daily tasks. Of course, the interesting thing about this letter and why I think it's particularly pertinent to us is that it was almost definitely written from prison. It's a prison epistle. Well, more, accurate, more accurately, it was actually under house arrest in Rome. And you can read this season in Paul's life in Acts, Acts 28. And he was in this position for at least, at least two years, but he was still permitted in that uh, house arrest to, to share the gospel, uh, write and dictate letters, etc., and have visitors. Now, I suppose we feel to a degree that we've been under some sort of house arrest. Certainly many of our, our daily routines have been interrupted, if not, if not halted altogether. And, and spiritually, Christian-wise, um, probably the biggest shift for us all is, there's been no church, hasn't there? No gathering together as a fellowship. We don't gather together collectively to worship or face-to-face, -face, if you like, in the flesh to, to share the word of God. Now, we have Zoom. We have other platforms to use for our gatherings and that's great and you know we're really appreciate, appreciative of that but it's not quite it's not quite the, the real thing is it and as we consider Paul's words to the Philippian church and his position in prison when he's writing them you know what can we learn from them what can we draw from his word what can we draw from the text today he says I press on to take hold it means I eagerly seize that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And the verse has an allusion to the games that were often held. And in particular, the runner pressing in and finishing the race. One guy said this, there is a reference to the laying hold of the pole or post which marked the goal by the racer who outstripped 
the other competitors and who by that act might claim the victory and the reward. And we get similar sentiments by Paul in Corinthians. He says this, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So it's a picture of great earnestness, of intensity, and we run the race to win. We don't just compete, we don't just compete in the Christian life. We, we, we have to run the race, that's to win the race. And that's the, the edge that we need. Paul wanted to lay hold of Jesus. He wanted to lay hold of everything that God had for his life. House arrest did not diminish Paul's desire for God and for the ministry and the things that he had for his life. So bringing it to us, to level 10, as a fellowship and to, to you guys individually, you know, what has Christ Jesus laid hold of you for? And are you laying hold of him for the things that he lays hold of you for? This question, I believe, has many answers. I'll give you three, but I'm going to just focus for a few minutes on, on the third this morning. Primarily, God apprehends us. He lays hold of us graciously and mercifully to save us. And we know this, this is fundamental. Without coming to Jesus, being cleansed, forgiven, brought into relationship with God, then obviously we have nothing else. That is our starting point. He lays hold of us, of that, of us for that. If you've never met with Jesus, then you need to do so. Everything flows. Everything flows from relationship. We love God, we love our neighbour. We have to get that priority in order. Secondly, he lays hold of us, that we may lay hold of him for a work of holiness and Christ-likeness in our lives, that we might be his image bearers. Corinthians talks about being changed from glory to glory. We we'll walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. We put off the old nature and we walk in the patience, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness of the Holy Spirit. So it's becoming God-like, becoming Christ-like. And thirdly, and the point I want to kind of emphasise, that I feel to emphasise really with you guys is this, that we press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. It's for individual and collective calling. It's for ministry. It's for purpose. It's for gifting. It's for those burdens, those dreams, that compelling of the spirit upon your life what has god placed upon your heart what ministry what gifting has god given you what has god called you to and what has god called level 10 to you know god apprehended paul on the road to damascus for all the above reasons but he also had a particular ministry in mind and a purpose for this man which he actually reveals first to ananias and he says this to Ananias, he's, remember, the guy that had to go and pray to him to, to, to uh, help him see again after he's blinded by the light. But he says this to Ananias in Acts 9. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And later on, Paul says this in Acts 20. But my life, and I love this, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. He knew his purpose. He knew his, he had a passion, a compelling of the spirit. He knew his ministry and his life was worth nothing to him unless he could pour out and, and complete and fulfill that ministry, that calling on his life. 
I can probably hear your minds clicking and saying, well, that's well and good, but that's, that's the Apostle Paul. I'm no, I'm no Apostle Paul. You're not, sadly, and, and neither am I. But I want to encourage and, and challenge all you folk today of the truth that God has a calling on all our lives, on all our lives without exception. He says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. To David, your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, in Psalm 139. And in your book they are written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none. God has a plan, and he has a purpose, and he has a ministry, and a gifting for all of us. Psalm 138, the Lord will work out its plans for my life. And just one last passage, which none of us can really escape. And it's Romans 12, 6. And it says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I think the gift of encouragement is one of the most underrated gifts of all of them in actual fact. If it is given, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What gift, what ministry, what ability, what anointing has God given you? Let's not settle for anything less than what God has intended for our lives. It's not about being proud or boastful. We know that God uses broken vessels. He uses the weak things of this world to confound the wise. And that's, that's really another sermon. It's about having a yearning after God and wanting him to use your life for his kingdom. That it be a pouring out of what God has placed in your heart. We lay a hold of him and he lays hold of us. There's a mutual working out of God's purposes. God never overrides our, our free will, but he works through and with his church, doesn't he? So that mutual, laying hold, he lays hold of us, and we lay hold of him. We work with God through the church. You know, remember back to the days as a young Christian, the hopes and the expectations that you had in him. Where are those hopes today? Where is that zeal? Is it still there? Is that passion, that desire for the things of God still there? Where have you been waylaid? Someone once said this, if Satan cannot have your heart, he would do his best to distract him. If he can't have your heart, he would do his best to distract him. And it's always good to take a moment and consider, have we been distracted? Have we been lured by the entertainment of the world? Have we been lured into a life of ease and kind of normality, if that's the right expression? Has this season of lockdown, Zoom, Corona, taken its toll on you? Are you just waiting for the norm to return so that you can get back to some sort of life that you, you once knew, uh, spiritually speaking? Because the church spoon-fed you in that sense, because that, we haven't got that, that crutch so much at the moment. Now, Paul looked back on his former life his achievements, his position, maybe even his finances, and he considered them rubbish to knowing Christ and living for him and taking hold 
what God wanted for his life. How about us? What do we strive for nowadays? What, what is our focus on a day-to-day basis? I mean, you may well say, you know, I haven't got much to offer. What can I do? Not everyone's called to preach or, or teach or, or, or be a missionary. And when we talk about these gifts, they're more the, the demonstrative ministries, pastors, teachers, evangelists, etc. But they're the exception to the rule. The majority, the majority of us, we live day to day, we live in the world, we go to work, we look after our grandchildren, we're retired, we go around our daily tasks. But I'm, we still have calling and ministries and giftings to move into, to encourage and to bless the church and see the kingdom of God uh, advanced. What we do not do is bury them. We do not bury them. I don't know if any of you have heard of Rabbi Zachariah. He's a great hero of mine. He passed away recently. And he, he was telling a story, uh, I think it was last year, that when he was 17, he's a great apologist and spoke at universities and spoke to hundreds of millions of people over his lifetime, real well-known, but loads of books. But when he was 17, he was an Indian, Indian origin. He tried to commit suicide. He was so depressed for life. And, uh, a man, a humble man came in, he brought my Bible, put it to his bedside and spent a little bit of time just witnessing to him occasionally. Then this guy faded out of his life. And subsequently, through reading the Bible that this chap brought, um, he came to faith. And many, many, many years later, this guy phoned up where he was like, well, I think they kept in touch once in a blue moon. And he got in touch with him. And he was actually on his deathbed now. And he said, Ravi, he said, sometimes I think, because he was just a normal man, he said, sometimes I think my whole life's ministry was just to bring that Bible to you in that hospital bed at that time and to see what ministry you've gone on to perform. One, one man fulfilling his, his, his calling and being obedient to what God had called him to. Now, he may not see much in his life. I don't know his life. But through that obedience and through moving in what God wanted for him, Ravi touched the lives of millions, hundreds of millions. So what a witness that was. Now, it's just... It's easy to let things slide, isn't it? Especially when we get a little frazzled. Now, there is such a, a thing as Zoom fatigue, I've been told. And we can get Zoomed out, can't we? The novelty of it's kind of worn off slightly. And it becomes hard work at times. But listen to Paul's instructions to Timothy, which incidentally was written almost probably when he was in prison. And he says this to Timothy, his own minister, therefore I remind you, stir up. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. So it's possible that these gifts become flat. So you stir it up. For God has not given us, um, not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Amen. So I want to champion you and encourage you today to move in all that God has planned for your life. Don't be dragged down by negative influences internally. You know there's voices in your head, the devil, your old nature, you can't, I won't, you won't amount to anything. Why would God use me? Don't be dragged down externally. Surround yourself with people that encourage you, want the best for you, imbibing a scripture. Let me tell you a little story. There was once a chicken farmer who found an eagle's egg. He put it with his chickens and soon the egg hatched. The young eagle grew up with all the other chickens and whatever they did, the eagle did too. He thought he was a chicken 
just like them. Since the chickens could only fly for a short distance, the eagle also learned to fly for a short distance. He thought that he thought that was what he was supposed to do. So that was all he thought he could do. As a consequence, that was all he was able to do. One day the eagle saw a bird flying high above him. He was impressed. Who is that? He asked. The other hens around him. That, they said, is the eagle, the king of the birds, the hens told him. He belongs to the sky. We belong to the earth. We are just chickens. So the eagle, he lived and died as a chicken, for that's what he thought he was. And we're not chickens. You know, we're eagles. We're, 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 we've been destined to, to soar in the spirit, to walk in the spirit, to live uh, in, on a different plane to, to those of the earth. Do we have troubles, strife? Yes. Do we have pain to deal with? Yes, but we are called to walk on a higher level and to walk in God, to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. In this season that we find ourselves, there are still opportunities. In fact, I believe there's more opportunities. There are openings to witness. I had a, a chap phone up our church this week, just out of the blue, he's from Sri Lanka. And, you, and he said he wanted to chat, he had some issues. I, I had a coffee with him later in the week. Just hungry for the things of God. I was, stopped, I was walking up through Paul High Street yesterday, back from work, and there was a stall. Um, there's various stalls selling different uh, garments and things. And there was a stall, a witchcraft stall of all things. So I walked past. I just felt prompted. I just couldn't let the opportunity go. So I came back and engaged the chap. And we spoke for about 15 minutes, just sharing, I was just sharing scripture with him, asking him why he had a preference to, to the darker side. I learned a few things actually about witchcraft. But um, he said to me, you know, it's really nice to talk to someone who doesn't shout at me, because normally Christians, they, they, they come to me and they just start ranting. And then as I was going, he says, I'm here every Saturday, can you come and talk again? So there were opportunities. If only we're walking in that sensitivity to what, to, to what God calls us to. There were openings to witness, openings to encourage people. You know, people are nervous and fearful and they're op often more open to conversations on, on spiritual matters. There are also acts of kindness to be performed, that a meeting needs to be done, time for, more time for prayer and study, if you like, acts of encouragement in person or by phone, acts of giving and generosity. It's a stepping out of the boat, isn't it? Being more flexible with our lives and being more flexible with our time. We don't like to be flexible. And I found certainly as I've got older that I don't like flexibility so much. I like things to be, and I like my day planned. And when, when something comes out of the blue, it can throw you. But being flexible with our time, living kingdom time. Maybe God's allowed things to be shaken up for a reason. Maybe we will never go back to the way things were before. And my experience, and to people that I've spoke to, of our folk, a lot of them don't want things to go back to how they were. It's time for reflection, isn't it? And to see, actually, I was, I bought into this kind of, this church routine, and maybe that wasn't the best way. And maybe there is something else, you know? It's being open to hearing what God, what God is saying. Maybe it's time for change. Things are changing. Certainly online church is something we've all learned to, to, to do. 
and some of the online viewing figures for church across our land has been amazing in actual fact the amount of people that have tuned in we've we've had this whole lost generation that we talk about um, from about 1830-ish that we don't see in a lot of our churches but i tell you what they're all there online and there's opportunities to reach these young people so that's new and it's fresh and different opportunity the scripture says let's find out what pleases the lord let's pour out our lives into that not holding them back waiting for some sort of norm to resume. So level 10, the, the word really for you today is to stir up, is to lay hold and, and to embrace. Stir up, lay hold and embrace what God is doing today. Today is the day of salvation, not waiting for tomorrow or the next day or for the next month or whenever things may return to some sort of norm. We need to bend with the wind of the spirit and moving in all that he's doing today, making the most of the opportunities that are presented to us, pouring into people's lives and operating in the ministries for the extension of his kingdom. Let me just finish with a couple of verses from Philippians again, just 13 to 15. And this is the great Apostle Paul moving in all that he's moved in and is moving in. He says this, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Lord, we just thank you for your word. I just pray it will find a lodging place in in hearts and me included lord and that this week forward lord that we will live in the manner of your word that we broke into us and that we can go out lord and just move in those ministries and those giftings that you've called us to it's not about being proud it's about you flowing through us lord and using our lives and our lives being poured out for your glory and for your kingdom and for your purposes lord. bless level town i pray encourage them and just anoint their lives and their church. So bless them, I pray in your precious name. Amen.